When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Long Acres Finance channel, where the mission is to find the best high-quality dividend stocks for safe, reliable, and growing passive income. Today we will be digging into the dividend aristocrats. In addition to the usual content, I am going to attempt to provide answers to a recent follower request. In my last dividend aristocrat video, Louise posted a comment asking if I can provide information about when each dividend aristocrat pays their dividend. I am going to do that in this video. We will review the dividend payment schedule for all current dividend aristocrats. Luis also asked if I can take a look at which dividend aristocrats are close to becoming dividend kings. We will do that in this video as well. Let's kick the video off with a quick review of the market return for the dividend aristocrats in July. Noble, the most popular dividend aristocrat ETF, was up 2.14% last month. This was the fifth positive month for the ETF this year. If we compare the year-to-date returns through July for Noble with the last seven years of returns for the fund, it is having its best year this year. The year-to-date return is 16.97%. In 2019, the fund also had an excellent year, but was up only 16.24% at this point. Aside from this year and 2019, there was only one other year during which Noble had a double-digit year-to-date return through July. That was 2016, and the fund was up 13.78% after 7 months. If we compare the return for 2021 to the full annual returns of past years, it clocks in in 3rd place. That's quite good. That's quite good, seeing how this will be the 8th full year of existence for the fund, and it is already in the top half. We still have a ways to go to reach the second and first overall annual returns that are both over 20%. But with 5 months left in the year, anything is possible. Looking at the historical returns for August, we have an average positive return of 0.44%. But individually the returns vary wildly, with an almost 5% loss in 2015 to a 4% gain last year. The long-term annualized rate of return for Noble after July of 2021 is 12.73%. That is a very strong annualized rate of return. Using the rule of 72, we can tell that at this rate of return, our original investment would have doubled in 5.65 years. Doubling your money in just a little over 5.5 years sounds pretty good. If you like dividend aristocrat stocks and you want to include them in your portfolio, then buying shares of Noble is the easiest and possibly the best way to do that. You could of course pick individual aristocrats that you like, or you think will offer the best future returns. But that is a time-consuming process, and it carries more risk versus simply owning them all. The downside to buying shares of Noble is that it carries a cost. The fund has an expense ratio of 35 basis points, or 0.35%, meaning that every $10,000 invested in the fund will cost you $35 in fees annually. That is a reasonable fee to pay for the service you receive. The fund will handle buying and selling individual aristocrats when the underlying index changes. They will rebalance the individual positions, and all you have to do is sit back, relax, and wait for your money to grow. The returns we just went over for Noble are the returns for the fund after paying all fees. I just wanted to make that clear, so you don't think that you would get a lower rate of return because of the fee. The fee for the fund is taken out of the share price on a daily basis, and it amounts to pennies, or rather fractions of pennies. You will probably not even notice it, ever. I think if people didn't know there was a fee, they could go on not knowing forever. I want to tell you one of my favorite things about dividend aristocrats. Aside from the fact that they are some of the best dividend stocks, with very long track records of dividend growth. There has been a trend in the past of the dividend aristocrats offering significant downside protection during market crashes. It didn't happen all of the time, and no one can guarantee that it will happen in the future. But if you look at the performance of the index during the dot-com bubble, 
You'll notice that the dividend aristocrats grossly underperformed the S&P in the two years leading up to the dot-com bubble, losing by about 12% in 1998 and about 26% in 1999. But what followed were three years of significant outperformance. In the year 2000, the dividend aristocrats returned 10% to investors, while the S&P lost 9%. 2001 looked very similar. So the aristocrats followed two poor years during a market euphoria with two excellent years of returns, about 20% higher than the broad market. In 2002, both the S&P and the aristocrats finished with negative returns. But the aristocrats did offer more than 12% upside on the S&P. Then during the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008, the dividend aristocrats had a terrible year in 2008, just like the broad market. But they didn't fall nearly as much as the S&P, providing investors with 15% upside during the freefall and an additional 10% of upside over the next three years, 2009-2011. There are certainly years where the aristocrats underperformed the broad market. 2020 was one of them, as the S&P was up almost 10% higher than the aristocrats. But over the long term, there have been periods of time where owning the dividend aristocrats has definitely paid off, and I think that may prove to be the case at some point in the future. While there are never any guarantees in the market, we can have a little comfort knowing that over the long term, the dividend aristocrats are performing just as good, if not better, than the S&P. Let's take a look at the individual returns for the aristocrats in July. The average return for all 65 aristocrats in July was 2.12%, so just slightly below the return for Noble. It is impossible to have an equal allocation to 65 different stocks, seeing how share prices are always moving up and down, so it's unlikely that Noble will ever match the average aristocrat return. Plus it also has the drag of its fees to make up for. On a year-to-date basis, Noble is 0.8% behind the average return of all 65 aristocrats. Not a major gap by any means. The best return in July was 22.31% from Albemarle. There were a total of 20 aristocrats with a return higher than 5% last month. Seems like a lot. They were ADP, Albemarle, Becton Dickinson, Chubb, Dover, Ecolab, SX Property Trust, Coca-Cola, Lindy PLC, McDonald's, Medtronic, NextEra Energy, Nucor, Realty Income, Pepsi, Procter & Gamble, Pentair, Sherwin-Williams, Target, and West Pharmaceuticals. 21 aristocrats had negative returns last month. Walgreens had the worst return, losing 10.38%. Some of the other large losers were Brown Foreman, Ben Franklin, Leggett & Platt, Peoples United, and Exxon, all with losses in excess of 5%. On a year-to-date basis, Nucor still has the best return. They are very close to breaking past 100%. The stock is up 97.36% after July. The second best return comes from Target. That is nowhere near Nucor, with a year-to-date return of 48.9%. The retailer is having a great year, but not quite as good as Nucor. There are a few other aristocrats with year-to-date returns above 40%. They are Albemarle, after its excellent gain in July, is now up 40.32% on the year. SX Property Trust, which also had a strong gain of 9% in July, is now up 40.18% on the year. Federal Realty Trust is up 40.66%. Pentair, with a 9% gain in July, jumps up to 40.09% on the year. West Pharmaceuticals picks up almost 15% in July to push it up to 45.56% year-to-date. And Exxon, even after losing 8.73% in July, is still up 44.14% in 2021. There are six aristocrats with negative year-to-date returns. This is the risk I was referring to earlier. By picking individual stocks, you take the chance of either picking a winner or a loser. But with the Noble Fund, you'd own all of the winners and losers, and you'd be up almost 17% this year. I know that the 90% or 40% returns look very attractive, but having a negative return would hurt much more than missing out on a few basis points. Okay, enough of the performance data. Let's take a look at the payment schedule for all the dividend aristocrats. Here we have listed all of the 65 current dividend aristocrats right now. 
In column G, I have the payment schedule for each of them. Let's first explain what these numbers mean. A 1 refers to dividend payments in January, April, July, and October. A 2 refers to dividend payments in February, May, August, and November. And a 3 refers to dividend payments in March, June, September, and December. I pulled this data rather quickly from Seeking Alpha, so I apologize in advance if any of this is incorrect. Also, I'd like to note here that sometimes companies will announce one of their quarterly dividends outside their normal schedule. So don't take these payment schedules as set in stone. Nevertheless, let's see which aristocrats pay during different months. First and foremost, we have Realty Income that pays monthly, so they fall under all of the schedules. Let me filter the file for payment schedule number 1 to see which aristocrats pay on the first month of each quarter. And we have 19 aristocrats that pay during these months. They are ADP, Albermalley, Brown Foreman, Ben Franklin, Cardinal Health, Chubb, Cincinnati Financial, Ecolab, SX Property Trust, Federal Realty Trust, Genuine Parts Company, Illinois Toolworks, Kimberly Clark, Coca-Cola, Leggett & Platt, Medtronic, McCormick, Roper, and Cisco. The best dividend-yielding aristocrat on this schedule is Federal Realty Trust, with a 3.71% dividend yield. Let's look at schedule number 2. And we have 15 aristocrats that pay in the middle of the quarter. They are AbbVie, Abbott Labs, A.O. Smith, Air Products and Chemicals, Caterpillar, Colgate-Palmolive, Clorox, General Dynamics, Hormel, Lowe's, Nucor, Procter & Gamble, Pentair, AT&T, and West Pharmaceuticals. The best dividend yield goes to AT&T. That still remains a dividend aristocrat, at least until the dividend cut is final. AbbVie also offers a great current dividend yield of 4.52%. And finally, let's take a look at schedule number 3. There are 30 aristocrats that pay during quarter-ending months. Definitely looks like the most aristocrats pay on the schedule. We have Archer Daniel Midland, Aflac, Amcor, Atmos Energy, Becton Dickinson, Cintas, Chevron, Dover, Consolidated Edison, Emerson Electric, Expeditors International, Granger, IBM, Johnson & Johnson, Lindy PLC, McDonald's, 3M, Next Era Energy, Peoples United, Pepsi, PPG Industries, Sherwin-William, S&P Global, Stanley Black & Decker, Target, T. Rowe, VF Corporation, Walgreens, Walmart, and Exxon. The best dividend yield on this schedule is Exxon, with a 6.12% yield. So there you have the payment schedule for all the aristocrats. Luis, I hope this is what you were looking for in your comment. Let's move on to see which dividend aristocrats are close to becoming dividend kings. In column H here, we have the number of years of dividend growth for each aristocrat. This data should be current through 2020. So if any of these companies already announced a dividend increase in 2021, it is not yet reflected in the numbers. Let's go down the list to see which aristocrats are close to 50 years of dividend growth that would push them to dividend king status. Up first, we have AbbVie and Abbott Labs, both with 48 years of dividend growth. AbbVie holds this record thanks to Abbott Labs, since they were spun off 8 years ago. Both companies already raised their dividends this year, meaning that now they are at 49 years of growth, and if they announce one more dividend increase next year, they will both become dividend kings. I'm not sure if there is an official rule for whether AbbVie can become a dividend king, with much of its dividend history coming from Abbott Labs, but I guess we will find out soon. Archer Daniel Midland currently has 45 years of dividend growth, so they have a few more years to go. ADP has 46 years of growth, meaning that 2021 will be year number 47. So the earliest they can become a dividend king is 2024. Becton Dickinson has 49 years of dividend growth. And if they follow their usual dividend increase schedule, they should become a dividend king later this year. I think we will find out in October or November. Clorox has 43 years of dividend growth, so they should be a dividend king later in this decade. Consolidated Edison has 47 years of growth, and they already announced an increase in 2021, so that makes it 48 years. Two more years to go and they'll join the ranks of the Dividend Kings. 
Granger has 49 years of dividend growth, and they raised their dividend just a few months ago. So they technically already are a dividend king. I don't know if there is an official list of the dividend kings out there. I use the list provided by Sure Dividend, and I'm not 100% sure if it's updated at the beginning of the year or whether they add companies as they cross the 50-year increase mark. Granger was not on the list last I checked, so maybe they will be added in January. Illinois Toolworks has 46 years of dividend growth, so not too far to go for them. I know some dividend king lists do include Illinois Toolworks, but I have decided to exclude them and target based on an explanation from the dividend investor. You can check out that website and article if you'd like to know more. I'll leave a link in the description below. Kimberly Clark and Leggett and Platt are each at 49 years of growth, so just one more year to go. Nucor has 48 years of dividend growth, so two more years to go for them. Pepsi also has 48 years of dividend growth, so they'll be a dividend king pretty soon. PPG Industries has 49 years of dividend growth, so they'll become a dividend king in the very near future. S&P Global has 47 years of growth, so they are not too far away either. You can see Target listed here with a 53-year dividend growth history. Again, if you look at the explanation provided by the dividend investor, you can decide for yourself whether or not to include them. VF Corporation has 48 years of growth, and Walmart has 47 years of growth, so both are pretty close as well. It looks like the dividend king list will be growing to more than 32 companies in the near future, as there are a handful of aristocrats close to breaking the 50-year growth record. The average number of years of growth for all the dividend aristocrats is 43. That is a very long track record of growth. There are 6 aristocrats with more than 60 years of dividend growth. Perhaps there needs to be a new club created for these companies. Maybe we can call them the dividend grandpas, or the dividend retirees. Let's jump back to performance for a second, and take a look at how our strategies performed in July, and year to date. If you recall, I picked 3 different methods for choosing 10 aristocrats at the beginning of the year. The first was to pick 10 aristocrats with the highest dividend yield. Well, these 10 stocks had a pretty terrible July, losing 2.44%. The next strategy was to pick the 10 aristocrats with the highest dividend growth rate. And while these 10 stocks did better in July than the high yielders, they failed to beat Noble, returning 1.1% for the month. And the final strategy was to pick the 10 most undervalued dividend aristocrats based on dividend yield theory. These 10 stocks also had a poor return in July, losing 0.17%. On a year-to-date basis, the high yielders are still doing the best, even with that awful return in July. They are up 22.24% versus 18.06% for the fastest dividend growth stocks and 15.98% for the undervalued stocks. Noble is up 16.97% on the year, meaning that two of our three strategies are offering alpha, but not by much. To be honest, I'm more excited to find out how the 10 most undervalued stocks will fare against the 10 best expected return stocks. I covered that analysis in the most recent undervalued dividend aristocrat video. And in next month's update, we will have our first results. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to consume this content in a video format, you are welcome to visit my YouTube channel. Just search for Long Acres Finance on YouTube and you'll find more of me. If you'd like to reach me directly, you can do so by emailing me at longacresfinance at gmail.com. If you would like to support this channel, you can do so on Patreon and unlock the additional benefits offered there. Thank you for being here and have a wonderful day.